This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Masari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Taki Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my wayward son, there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to episode, oh, and I just looked three times, okay, Six, 64, I believe, we're going to go with 64, if it's not, I'm sorry, it'll be mislabeled, because <laughs> I've already checked it three times and apparently my brain is not retaining that information, um, I'll tell you why my brain is not retaining that information in just a moment, first we will get to housekeeping, guess what, ha, there isn't any, um, we are obviously in October. It is October, I don't even know what day it is, October 8th. So, well, you'll be listening to this on October 8th. It's not October 8th for me yet, but anyway. Um, and we are in full swing for Scarefare, so everything pretty much in the company has come to a screeching halt. Because we are putting all of our time, all of our efforts, and all of our money into Scarefare on the 30th. So, uh, yeah, there is no housekeeping. That's your housekeeping. I uh, keep a tidy house, so it doesn't take long to do housekeeping. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, so the reason why I'm brain dead. I, uh, my bestest friend and sister by choice is moving to New Brunswick. They have bought a home, and um, they have two vehicles, so we had to take her husband's car out to New Brunswick and leave it there in their driveway, and then come back, because now we have to get either pods or, I don't know, boxes or crates or something or a truck 
something to put all of their stuff in and if we go with the truck we'll be driving that back to New Brunswick on the 12th and then coming back um, and then they will be driving out together in Crystal's car on the 27th so we had to take uh, her husband's car out to New Brunswick and this seemed to be the most convenient week um, to do it so we made a plan and five o'clock Tuesday morning Tuesday morning I want to say Tuesday I don't I don't know what day it is five o'clock Tuesday morning we met at Tim Hortons in Sutton and I put in their new address in New Brunswick in the GPS and Brian said lead away and off we went 11 and a half hours later we arrived in New Brunswick. Um, now, of course, obviously we stopped for gas a couple of times and uh, to pee because, you know, the bladder just can't go 11 hours without peeing. Um, but yeah, so we drove, it was about 1,324 kilometers, I want to say. And it was 1,300 and something kilometers. Um, hey, Alexa. How many miles is 1,320 kilometers? For my American folks that are listening, it's about 800 miles, one way. And they have friends in New Brunswick, so we stayed with them for the night. Got about, I think we got into bed probably. Um, now, you have to keep in mind that New Brunswick is one hour ahead of us. So right now, as I'm podcasting, it is 11.30 here in Ontario. It is 12.30 in New Brunswick. So we lost an hour <laughs> of time. Um, and you don't lose it right away. Like you think, uh, especially when like, I've noticed when you're driving in the U.S., when you cross state line into a different time zone, you're phone the clock on your phone changes like immediately that you're driving across the line and bink, it changes um not not so much when you're going from quebec to new brunswick it usually takes uh it took about 10 15 minutes before the time would change so i'm driving along in one minute it's like 4 30 and then the next minute it's 5 30 like all right and we were kind of trying to, we left so early because we did not want to be in Quebec, any part of Quebec. I'm just going to leave that like that because really, I did not want to be in any part of Quebec for any reason. But we did not want to be on the highway in any part of Quebec or New Brunswick after dark. Now, if you live in Ontario, you, especially if you're up around Algonquin Park, um, I, I can't speak for the States. I don't know. I've never actually seen these signs in the States, but I haven't been that far, um, East, uh, especially along, um, the border. Like, I'm pretty sure they'd have the signs in Vermont. I'm pretty sure they have them in Eastern New York. I know for a fact they would have them in Maine, but I don't know if they look like this. So I can't speak for those States. Anyway, yeah, those are the three states that border Quebec and um, New Brunswick. So anyway, um, so we did not want to be on the highway after dark. So we were trying to push it and get to where we were going, which was Perth Andover, uh, before dark. 
and we made it. We got there and uh, we got to the house and we unloaded my car and we unloaded Brian's car and um, unpacked the dragon. <laughs> Long story. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't need to know. But Heenan came out of the box and is now sitting in her living room, staring, looking out the front window, which means he will see the sun set. He will see the sunset. There isn't a window in that house that you can't stand in and either see the sunrise or the sunset. It's an, she has such an incredible view. She looks out pretty much every window she looks out. She sees the Appalachian Mountains right there all around. Them. They live on like a mountain, a hill. Perth Andover is pretty much a mountain, a hill. But yeah, the Appalachian Mountains, my live studio audience is going, I don't know. And I don't know why he's going, I don't know. And he won't unmute him because I have him on speaker, which means you'll be able to hear him. So <laughs> I should probably put him in my ear so that he can tell. No, no, he says no. So he's just going to go sit over there and go, oh. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, everywhere you look in this, oh, he, because he doesn't know the dragon. Right. The dragon. He, he doesn't know. Um, very few know. And if you know, you know. Anyway, uh, there isn't a window in this house that you can't see the sunset. Unless, of course, you're in the basement. But I don't think the basement has any windows. I know it has a door. But I don't think it has any windows. Uh, it's a gorgeous house. Two-story, four bedrooms. Apparently one of them is mine. Um, for when I come to visit. It's a lovely house. Absolutely lovely house. Acre of land. Beautiful gardens in the front. The land is just incredible. The view is incredible. The river, St. John River, is right there. And their friends live on the other side of the river. So, okay. So I have to explain Perth Andover to you. So on one side of the St. John River is Perth. On the other side of the St. John River is Andover. And the bridge, se the, the river separates the two. But the addresses are Perth Andover. You live in Perth Andover. They all get the mail from the same post office in Perth Andover. But one side is Perth, the other side is Andover. And never the two shall meet. <laughs> so we went back to their friend's place. Uh, Brian and I went back to their friend's place after we'd wandered around and I showed Crystal the house through video. And um, we went back and we had pizza and we talked. And we were pretty much, Brian and I were pretty much slap happy by this point in time. He drove his car and I drove my car. We were both like exhausted, but wired for sound. Um, it's, it's a unique feeling because you want to just lie down and close your eyes, but your brain won't shut off because you've been so focused for so long that it takes a while for your brain to realize, oh wait, we're not moving anymore. We actually don't have to pay attention to what's going on around us. And the minute my brain did that, I started hearing strange things cropping up in conversations. Um, things that weren't said, they just sounded like that's what they had said. And that was when, that was my cue. Okay, I'm starting to hear obscene things coming out of my um, brother by choice's mouth. I need to go to bed because that is not what he said at all. Now, mind you, I did have backup because um, the wife of the friend the 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 female friend of the person anyway the wife she heard the exact same thing i did the husband did not but she did so 
off we went to bed. They had three beautiful dogs too. I, I am in love with Luke. Luke is Luke is my new boyfriend. Um, he's you could put a saddle on this thing and ride him. He's so big. But I I yeah I'm in love with Luke and Luke is in love with my nails. Um, he pretended he, he he I know he was just using me. But, you know, he pretended he loved me. He pretended I was his favorite for about 25 minutes while I took my nails and gave him a good scratch from the tip of his nose all the way to the tip of his tail. You know, scratch, scratch, scratch. I scratched his head. I scratched his ears. I massaged his brain. He was a happy dog. He was drooling. Um, and then when once I stopped, I was, you know, no longer required. And he went back to the ones he truly loves. <laughs> So, yeah. But anyway, he is a beautiful dog. I don't know what kind of dog he is. I just know he is a herd dog. And the two smaller dogs are his goats. He is a girt, a girt hold, oh, wow. I'm tired. He is a goat herder dog. And he's huge. Um, I was kind of hoping this morning I would have heard the feral bush chicken. Apparently, they have a wild rooster that has come and nested in their forest, and they hear it every morning. I did not hear it this morning. Yes, feral bush chickens. Although, on the way home, Brian and I, in my car, did happen to see a feral bush chicken in the ditch, just sitting there. It was dusk, so I'm assuming that's where it was bedding down for the night. And Crystal was yelling something in the phone about free-range chickens, and I'm like, well, okay, I would buy the free-range chicken analogy if there were more chickens and there was a house where they could have free ranged from but there was nothing but field open field and a four-way stop that's it not a barn nor a shed nor a building b not even a fence just field and trees and ditch and chicken just one chicken just there just a chicken now, <laughs> we've had, I, I really, I, I should get out my Animal Speaks book because we kind of had a thing with chickens today. Started last night with the story about the bush rooster and then um, the chicken that we saw on the side of the road. And we're driving down, um, I think we were on 20 in Quebec, the never ending province that should be their slogan the province that never ends holy moly you swear I, I texted a friend at one point in time i used siri and i i sent him a message and i'm like i'm never no it wasn't i sent it to her because he was unavailable i'm never getting out of quebec because it never ends it just i, I swear the bulk of our drive was quebec we were in Ontario maybe five hours, four hours maybe. We were in New Brunswick about an hour and a half. And the rest of the 11 and a half hour drive was Quebec. Yeah, I, I like when I said earlier, I did not want to be in Quebec, period. I didn't. First of all, I don't read French really well. I don't speak French really well at all. Um... I read French a whole lot better than I speak French. Thank goodness for the Google lady. The Google lady does not speak French at all. So she was able to tell me in English which way I'm supposed to go. Not that that helped all the time because there was one there. Okay. 
pretty much from one end of the province to the other end of the province, every highway is under construction. And they do really weird things with their highways that are under construction. You'll be going along and you'll you'll see the sign and it'll say that, you know, the left lane is ending or the right lane is ending in 300 meters. That's that's all they give you, 300 meters. Or no, they start with two kilometers. They show, you get, you see the sign at two kilometers and then all of a sudden you see that road's ending in 300 meters. Get the hell over. Um, and if you're in the wrong lane, you need to be quick. Because, <laughs> yeah, transports don't slow down on a dime. They don't stop on a dime. So they the signs are just weird to begin with. They They look like, I don't know, this little person standing there with their leg cocked out. To tell you that, you know, two lanes are merging to one. Now, you get in and sometimes, if, if you know, you're feeling a little Mario Andretti-ish, sometimes you'll be in the one lane. And then all of a sudden, you know when you're going down the highway and the, the oncoming traffic is separated from where you are by like this huge grassy spot. So usually there's trees and you don't even see the other side of the traffic. But there's these little roads that go from one side of the highway to the other side of the highway. And then, of course, there's signs that say you're not allowed to pull a U-turn and go the opposite direction unless you are an authorized vehicle. And most people don't really pay attention to the don't pull a U-turn because if you've missed your turn, you pull a U-turn and you go back and you do it anyway. Well, one of the things that they do when they're doing um, highway construction is they will utilize those little roads and you'll be going along and then all of a sudden the pylons will take you onto this little road and into oncoming traffic. Yep, that happened often. So you're beetling along at, you know, 80 and all of a sudden you're in oncoming traffic and there's nothing between you and the speeding transport trailer is going in the opposite direction, but a bunch of pylons, which generally okay. Um, but when you're all of a sudden thrown onto the other side of the highway with very little, you know, warning, it's a little nerve wracking. But yeah, there was a reason why we did not want to be on the highway in anywhere in Quebec or New Brunswick after dark. And that is because the threat of running into a moose is very, very real. Now, as I was saying, you have seen the little moose signs that we have. Beware of moose. If you live up around Algonquin, um, most of the time you see the pretty little dainty deer kind of leaping into the air on the sign to warn you that there's deer. The signs in Quebec are a whole lot more aggressive. Um, there was one deer sign that the deer was actually ramming the side of the car on the sign. That's what I mean by aggressive. And that was just a deer. And then you get to the moose signs. Now, if you've ever driven on a highway anywhere, you see the great big signs that are over the highway that tell you, you know, this turn coming up over here, this highway over there, whatever. The, the big ones, I think they're green. They're green in Canada. Some of them are blue. I don't know what color they are in the States. They could be green. I don't remember. Big signs. Well, they have these big signs on the side of the road. And on these big signs on the side of the road, usually accompanied by yellow flashing lights, is a moose warning. Moose crossing here. Um, and some of them will have a picture of a standard car with a moose standing beside it. So you get a good comparison 
of where your car rates on the height of a moose. And if you're driving a standard four-door sedan, your car rates at about the knees. I'm driving a fishbowl, a little itty-bitty teeny tiny micra, which means I would probably see shin and then feet. I would not survive a collision with a moose. Now, you have to keep in mind, hitting a moose is like hitting a brick wall. That is the comparison that they make. When you hit a moose, it doesn't matter what you're driving. It's like slamming into a brick wall. It'll really mess up your day. Um, we did not want to meet a moose. I never, ever, ever. We had this conversation last night too. I never want to see a moose in person. Not ever. Not maybe. Not from a distance. Not no. Now, I've had run-ins with bears before. That's fine. 99.9% of the time when you come across a bear, that bear's going to look at you and go, oh shit. And they're going to take off. If you run into a mama bear, she's going to gather her cubs. She might go at you and she will take her babies and run off as long as you don't move. A moose is a big, dumb animal. They will look at you and go, oh, danger, Will Robinson. And they will charge you. They don't care. They don't care. They can take out a car. They come across you standing there. You're like, what, a small tree? Maybe you're, you're, you're a plant. You're a dandelion. Buttercup. They're going to come and stomp you into the ground. And then they're going to stand there and go, um, what do I do now? I'm going to go over here and eat a tree. They are big, dumb animals and they are aggressive. And if you run across a cow with a calf, and no, not a moo cow, but a moose cow. There's two more letters on that moo. If you run across a moose cow with her calf, run, just run, just turn around, run, find a tree, climb it, do something, just hide. Don't let her catch you because those horns are real. They're no joke. Um, they're huge. Yeah. Don't want to run into a moose. Don't want to see a moose. Don't want to smell a moose. Don't want to hear a moose. Don't even want to know a moose was there. Now, unfortunately on the way down, we did happen to know the moose was once there. Recently, we came across a crime scene on the highway. <laughs> Great big, huge red. And I mean, it was still red. So you knew the kill was, was recent. If the blood on the road is still red, you know it's recent and still wet. Like it was still shiny. Okay, <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I ran through it, I left tire tracks, like tire marks coming out of it. Um, and it was huge. It went from one side of the highway to the other. Now, normally when you see where a deer has been hit, you also see the drag marks where they have dragged the deer off to the side of the road. There were no drag marks. Just a big puddle of blood. No drag marks. I'm not sure how they got the moose out of there. Don't care. It wasn't there when I went by. I missed it. I'm going to see evidence of moose. That's the kind of evidence I want to see. Now, don't take that wrong. I don't want to see dead moose. I don't want to see moose blood. But if there's going to be a moose on the highway, I would rather not make the puddle of blood myself. Thank you very much. I would rather, you know, it step out after I've gone by or somebody else has to deal with it and I will just drive through the evidence. Okie dokie. I'm good with that. I can live with myself with that. Sorry the moose had to die, but, you know, car versus moose, it's not going to end well for either. 
So we did not want to see any moose. Now, we did see a rather interesting sign. Um, and I only saw it once. And Brian only saw it once. It did say that moose do have the right of way on the highway. Now, when you cross into New Brunswick, the speed limit on the highway is 110 kilometers per hour, which I do believe is about 75, 80, could be 85. I'm not sure. Quick. And that's just the speed limit. So generally you do 10 over the speed limit. That's standard practice. The police worry if you do the speed limit dead on and they'll pull you over. What's wrong with you? So if you do 10, you don't look suspicious. Not telling you to speed. That is not an endorsement to speed. Don't speed and say it was my fault. So you're doing 110 and you see this sign that says moose have the right of way. How are you supposed to stop at 110 if you see a moose? But apparently if you do see a moose on the highway, don't slam on the brakes. Keep your lane position, sound your horn. Now this is for deer mostly while braking in a controlled manner. Now, panicking and jerking your car around and freaking out is not a good idea. I don't think honking your horn at a moose is generally a good idea either because moose are like giant drunk toddlers. They will leap in front of your car for no apparent reason. It could be on the side of the road. They could be in the middle of the road. If you honk your horn, they could jump in front of you and go, what? Giant drunk toddlers. Okay. So just remember, the faster the speed, the worse the collision, too. Hmm. Um, I have a picture that I'm, I'm going to send, you know, my live studio audience of a moose. And I think looking at it, looking at the picture, I actually think it's a uh, yearling. It's not a full-grown moose um, because I don't think he would fit in the car like that if he was a full-grown moose. And the legs don't look quite long enough. So I'm going to show my live studio audience and I'm going to get to see his reaction. So this is the moose in the car. I'm waiting for him to look. There we go. And that is a matrix. That's a big car. That's a moose in the car. <laughs> That's a big car. So you get the general idea of what it would do to mine. That car, at least the moose, is contained to the front seat. In my car, I think his butt it would be hanging out of the back of my car. And, and today, apparently, my I got my superpower, and that was invinc in, invisibility, because nobody could see me on the highway. So moose are a major thing in Quebec and New Brunswick. They are no joke. Um, we went to leave this morning, and we were going to leave about five o'clock this morning to head back. And um, the lady we were staying with, she's like, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, nobody drives in the dark. What is wrong with you? You'll see moose. So we waited until dawn and it was really, really foggy. Like, I understand the expression pea soup fog now. I, I didn't get it before. Like, I get it now. I understand what pea soup fog is. is. It was like... It was literally like I was walking in the clouds. It was that thick. And um, we came along the St. Lawrence Seaway at one point and you couldn't see it. It looked like we were up in um, Cloud City from Star Wars. That's what it looked like. There were just fog everywhere, but it was like thick, 
cloud-like fog, and the complete St. Lawrence Seaway was covered from one side to the other. You would have sworn you were in a plane, and you know there was like hundreds of thousands of miles down. That's it was so cool. If I could have taken a picture, I would have. But I was driving, and um, my passenger—I didn't think to say to my passenger, "Hey, Brian, take a picture, would you?" Because he's looking at it, going, "That'd be a really cool picture." Your phone is in your hand. Take the picture. He didn't take the picture. Anyway, so we left at, uh, I think it was 6, 6.30. Was it 6.30? I'm asking my live studio audience because I sent him a, a message to tell him that we're on the road. I think it was about 6.30. Yeah, it was about 6.30. So we left at 6.30. We made really good time because we got back here at about 7.30 our time. So we made good time. I made good time. I made good time. I drove the entire way. Now, don't get me wrong. Brian offered to drive and I, I, my car, my car, my car, I will drive my car. And then I think after about hour six, hour seven, it became a personal challenge. Oh, I need to do this now. I can't, I I have the tiger. (laughs) I can't give in. I can't, I have to do this on my own because when I go and visit, now, mind you, when I go and visit, I'll be staying for more than seven hours and turning around and coming back. Um, but I'm going to have to do the drive anyway by myself. So I wanted to see if I could do it round trip, basically, with a seven-hour layover. Um, <laughs> and I did it. I am exhausted. I am um, more than a little loopy. I am yawning. Oh, my body hurts in places that I'm not going to mention because I have been sitting on my butt for the last 20 some odd hours. I can't even math anymore. You're lucky I can English. My head hurts. My eyes hurt. My lower back has a hot poker sitting on it. My right leg kind of phases in and out between being numb, having pins and needles, and just aching. I am looking forward to lying down and stretching out and being in a horizontal position, not bent like a pretzel sitting up in a chair or in a seat of any kind. I might actually take my laptop tomorrow and work from bed until I have to go out and get into that car. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to getting into that car. I might just say, hey, Brian, drive me home. You can have my car for a couple of days, but I can't because I got a dentist appointment on Friday. So I have to get back in the car and do another hour and a half drive, but that'll be nothing. I just did 11 and a half hours, 12 hours. An hour and a half is going to be like, blink, I'm there. Oh, hey, look, I haven't even settled in yet. Haven't even found it. Radio stations. Okay. So I swear to you, I had good radio all the way through Ontario. I had good, decent radio in New Brunswick. Apparently Quebec hasn't heard anything English outside of the province. I could not find... I mean, I would have even settled for a French station where they talked French, but played real music. Like, classic rock would have been fine. Uh, today's pop hits would have been fine. Anything that I recognized would have been fine. But no, not one radio station played anything English. I think it's like a law. I don't know. We stopped for gas on the way back. Um, We were trying to make it out of Quebec, but there was just no way we could get all the way through Quebec on one tank of gas. I just couldn't do it. We tried. So we stopped for gas and um, Brian wanted a coffee. And 
neither one of us, I needed to put $40 worth of gas in my tank. And neither one of us could remember how to say 40 in French. I could get to 39, but I couldn't remember what 40 was. So he had to write it down on a piece of paper and show it to the cashier because she didn't speak English. So he shows it to her. Uh, Okay, so she gets it. $40 on the pump that I'm at. And he's pointing to the car outside. $40 there. So he pays for the gas. She unlocks the pump. I start pumping the gas. Now, Quebec is the only place, I think, maybe in Canada, I know they don't do it in Ontario, where you have to pay first and then they'll unlock the pump and you can pump the gas. Now, Brian was like, I, I can't believe what they think we're going to steal the gas. I'm like, no, that's an American thing. I'm pretty sure Quebec wants to be American. Everything is American from the highway signs that look exactly the same as the interstate signs. My live studio audience can just shut the heck up. He's in the, I can hear it. USA, USA. <laughs> you know, if they want to have Quebec, we will be more than happy to let them have Quebec. You can have Quebec and we'll take, we'll trade you Quebec for... New York. It's a good monopoly trade. Come on. It's a good trade. You can have Quebec. It's huge. They don't care about anything. No. Uh, No. Oh, well. All right. How about uh, Wisconsin then? Can we have Wisconsin? You can have Quebec. We'll take Wisconsin. Perfect. Now we got the cheese. (laughs) Then we'll teach them. We'll, We'll take over Wisconsin and we will teach them how to make good cheese. Because American cheese is not good cheese. It's not. It's not good cheese. If Once you've tasted Canadian cheese, you will agree that American cheese is lacking somewhere. I don't know what it is that they're lacking, but it's something. Flavor, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, so I swear Quebec wants to be American. Because I, where we were driving, like all the highway tell you, the signs that tell you what highway you're on... Um, they would have them because we were right on the edge of the border between Quebec and Vermont um, and Quebec and New York, the state, that, you know, there's all these signs, you know, bridge to U.S. And at one point I was on, we were on Highway 30, which ran adjacent to Interstate 80, 18. I don't know it had an eight. But yeah, so the border's right there. But I think they want to be anyway. So we stopped to get gas, and Brian wanted a coffee, and we couldn't. He couldn't remember how to say cream in French, and I'm yelling at him from the car, "Creme, creme, it's creme!" And he's like, "Uh." So he comes out without his coffee. Brought me a Coke Zero. Bought himself a chocolate bar. Came out without his coffee. Like, what is wrong with you? Where is your coffee? He says, I don't know. There were too many choices and I couldn't figure out which one was just coffee. I think there was like Irish cream and hazelnut. He recognized those words. And I said, Irish what? And he said, Irish cream. I said, how did you know it said Irish cream? And he said, well, because I recognized the word Irish. And then there was like this cream after. And I went, oh, could it be creme? He, He just growled at me and got in the car. So he didn't get his coffee. Anyway. We are driving through Quebec, and I swear to you, it is the state that never, or the province. See, I told you, it wants to be American. I'm already calling it a state. They can have it. It is the province that never ends. It just goes on and on, my friend. (laughs) It doesn't end. 
Um, I never thought I was going to leave it. I couldn't find any music on the radio. And I finally decided, okay, you know what? I'm going to turn on my iTunes. I patched into the auxiliary with my little cord. <laughs> it went. And I bring up my iTunes and I've got my iTunes rocking and I'm, I'm, you know, getting into the groove and I got a good song and then my phone rings. Okay. I talked to Crystal. I love Crystal. I talked to Crystal. Hang up from Crystal. Music comes back on. I'm rocking. 10 minutes later, she calls again or Brian calls. I just want music. That's all I want. I want music. I know and I understand. I can't read any of the signs, although one of them did make me laugh. They have some strange names for places in Quebec. Um, one of them that I do like is the Riviere de Lou, which is Wolf River. I like that. I don't know. I don't know why. Call me crazy, but Wolf River is just a river I would be, I would be drawn to. Um, but there is a place called St. Louis du Ha-Ha. Uh-huh. Ha-Ha. St. Louis du Ha-Ha. And it is spelled H-A exclamation point. Dash, H-A, exclamation point. Now, I tried to find out why it's called ha-ha. There is no really good reason. There is a lot of conjecture, but no good reason as to why it is called Saint-Louis-du-ha-ha. There is also Bédé-ha-ha, and that's in Saguenay River, in the Saguenay-Lac-Saint-Jean region. And then there is also another Bédé-ha-ha, Bédé-ha-ha, and that is a bay in the St. Lawrence River, in the Côte Nord. Nord is north. Uh, oh, okay. So you'd have to take different highways. And the Google lady is speaking in English. And she's reading what it says in French, but she's reading it like you would English. So she's telling me to take 20 East, but it's take Trans-Canada Highway 20 Est. Because East in French is este, and it's spelt E-S-T. Now, when I had to go west, <laughs> that was even funnier. I was to take highway zero est, because west is ouest, which is O-E-S-T. But to the Google lady, it was zero est. Take highway zero est. Oh, she was funny. And then south is sud, which is sud in in French. And then north is nord. Um, uh, yeah, and she was pronounced, like, go 30 sud. 30 sud. Okay. But yeah, it was really funny listening to the Google lady try and speak French. That was a highlight of going through Quebec. That was a highlight. It's like sending um, ridiculous messages with swear words to your friends and having Siri, like, you know, you go Siri read messages and having Siri read them. And like, he has a really hard time with mwahahaha. And Mish sent me a message reminding me to take my pills and called me a biatch. And <laughs> hearing Siri say that one was hilarious because she spelled it B-O-I-T-C-H. So listening to Siri try and say that one was funny. Yeah, there's a few words that he has trouble with. So it's really funny. So it was a real thrill listening to um, the Google lady try and say these French names, but Englishly. It's the best way I can describe it. But yeah, there is a place called um, St. Louis du Ha Ha. 
Now, it is supposed to, they say that the Commission de Topnimini du Quebec asserts that the parish's name refers to nearby Lake Temiscuata. Took me a minute, I had to sound it out. The sense of haha here being the archaic French word for an impasse. Now, the Louis may refer to Louis Marquis, one of the first colonists of the region, or Louis Antoine Proulx, vicar of Riviere de Loup, or perhaps the abbot Louis Nicole Berner, Bernier. So you see, they don't really know why it's called Saint Louis du Haha. Um, it just is. And it was established in. Uh, the parish began in 1860 at the site of a Roman Catholic mission, and it was named in 1874. Ha ha. <laughs> that explains it. Roman Catholic. Ha ha. Yeah. Anyway, don't hate me. <laughs> so that was kind of funny to see that on a sign. That, that gave me a that gave me a ha ha. Gave me a giggle. Um, so that was an entertaining thing in Quebec. The moose. The moose. I can't. I can't even just the moose. Okay. They're huge, gargantuan, giant, drunk toddlers. I I really need to learn to read lips. I really do. Yeah, big moose. I didn't want to see a moose. Not even vaguely. No. So anyway, I was going to Perth Andover. And Perth Andover is located on the St. John River, 40 kilometers south of Grand Falls, near the mouth of Tobacay River. Perth is on the east side of the river and Andover is on the west and were amalgamated into one village in 1966 and have a population service area in the ex- in the area itself in the excess of 6000 but I think they're wrong. The first side I think has nestled between the rolling hills of the upper river valley this picturesque village is often referred to as the gateway to Toby. 10 kilometers to the west of the municipality is the U.S. border, 10 kilometers, 10 minutes. And to the south, about 80 kilometers, is the town of Woodstock and the entrance to Interstate 95, leading to the New England states. Uh, In the 19th century, the region was settled by loyalist English soldiers who received land in lieu of payment. Perth, located on the east bank of the river, owes its name to the Scottish city, It is used, we have a Perth here in Ontario, actually. I have a friend who lives in Perth. It is used as, it used as trails for soldiers who journeyed from St. John to Quebec. Members of the Larley family were the first settlers in 1788. Interesting. Now, the parish of Perth, parish of Perth, was created in 1833 named by a group of men in the government duty in honour of Perth, Scotland, later called Perth Centre, then Perth Junction, when railroad came, and now Perth. Oh, the first train pulled into Perth in 1875. Oh, speaking of trains, something else interesting in Quebec. Did you know they decided to put a train track across a 100-kilometer-an-hour highway? The only warning that you have that a train is coming is actually lights at the tracks. What are you going to do? It's kind of like the moose. You're obviously going to stop for a speeding train. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. My biggest fear when crossing um, railroad tracks is that the lights are going to start to flash and the gates are going to come down. When I'm on the track, I will run the gates. I don't care. Smash my windshield. Scratch up my hood. 
bust my bumper, I don't care. I am going to run the gate. I'm not going to be on the tracks when the train shows up. No. Oh, I drove by that church. I'm looking at the church here. Uh, I drove by it today and yesterday. It's really pretty and um, it's very small. Ooh, I have to go look at that the next time I'm there because that's a really cool house. This property at 1135 West Riverside Drive has been designated as a provincial heritage place and adds visual interest on West Riverside Drive. And there is a river that runs through... Ooh, that's really pretty. Looks like a castle. There is a river that runs through the center that separates Perth and Andover, and it's called the St. John. And the St. John River is 673 kilometers long. This is your, these are your fun facts. Friday fun facts. It's all about my trip. These are the interesting fun facts about the things that I saw and did, well, didn't do, but saw and went by and was near on my trip. So the St. John River uh, is 630, 673 kilometers long and flows from northern Maine into Canada and runs along the western side of New Brunswick, emptying into the Atlantic Ocean in the Bay of Funday. We all learned about that in school, and that's all there is I can tell you about the St. John River. Now, New Brunswick's kind of interesting. New Brunswick was founded in 1784, so it's it's kind of, for a province, it's fairly young. And it is an hour and 52 minutes flight from where? The capital of New Brunswick is Fredericton, which is about four or about an hour and a half away from where my friend's going to be living. And it is the only province in Canada that has both French and English as its official languages. Quebec, of course, obviously has French as its official language and the rest of the country is English. New Brunswick has French, unless you go to to Newfoundland and then it's Newfie. And those of you that are Canadian will get the joke. But anyway, um, it is one of the 13 provinces and territories of Canada and is one of the three maritime provinces and one of the four Atlantic provinces. So it holds a few designations. Um, Interesting fun fact uh, that I actually found out uh, when I was telling a friend of mine that I was now going to be on Atlantic. What is it? A, what time is it? I don't know. Atlantic Standard Time? Um, ADT? Something like that. Oh, there we go. Let's see what ADT means, because I'm not sure. Oh, Atlantic Daylight Time is what ADT stands for. Um, He looked at me and went, what? Atlantic Standard Time. You know, you've got Pacific, Mountain, Central, Eastern, and Atlantic. Did you go across your country with your time zones? And he looked it up, and apparently the United States stops at Eastern. He had no idea. He had never heard of Atlantic Standard Time before, so that was kind of neat. I did not know. I was 49 years old when I found out that the United States only went to Eastern Standard Time, which is what I live in now. Um, So it was kind of cool. I thought it was really neat. So yeah, Atlantic Daylight Time is um, what they're running on. And it is actually 1.21 a.m. over there now. It's, yeah, Thursday. Well, it's Thursday here too, but it's not quite that late. I thought that was kind of neat. And I said to him, I said, well, if you have Pacific Standard Time, you obviously would have Atlantic on the other side of the country where the Atlantic Ocean is. Not realizing that he had never heard of it before, didn't know what it was. And he Googled it and then taught me something I didn't know. So thank you for that. Um, I got to see the St. Lawrence River, which is really cool because we learn about the St. Lawrence River in school. It is one of the biggest waterways Um that ships travel up 
The St. Lawrence River is a large river in the middle latitudes of North America. The St. Lawrence flows in a roughly northeasterly direction, connecting the Great Lakes with the Atlantic Ocean and forming the primary drainage outflow of the Great Lakes Basin. So all of the Great Lakes kind of drain down into Lake Ontario. And then Lake Ontario will drain into the St. Lawrence River. And the St. Lawrence River will follow along and drain into the Atlantic Ocean. So if you drop something in like Lake Michigan, you're pretty sure it's going to end up in the Atlantic Ocean at some point. Uh, the bridge, there's like a few bridges. I went over a couple of them. Wasn't impressed. Don't like bridges. You know me. Uh, the source of its water is Lake Ontario. I already said that. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of neat. It's a neat river. Uh, the St. Lawrence River and Seaway is of vital geographic and economic importance to the Great Lakes system, connecting the lakes to the Atlantic Ocean and providing navigation to deep draft ocean vessels. So you're going to have a big steamer in, say, Lake Michigan. Listen to the Edmund Fitzgerald, they'll tell you. And it'll bring goods and stuff down the Great Lakes, do-do-do-do-do, and then up the St. Lawrence, do-do-do-do-do, to the Atlantic Ocean, and then off to wherever you can get to from the Atlantic Ocean. And that was like when shipping was a thing, because, you know, they didn't fly stuff and they couldn't, whatever. Um, it was a wonderful passage to be able to take goods and services to England and, you know, other lands, and to also receive them as well, and have them come in and come up the St. Lawrence, up the Great Lakes, and disperse between Canada and the U.S. So, kind of cool. That's your geography lesson for today. We're almost done. I'm slowly closing windows that I've, I've opened with info to tell you. And um, I'm sorry my voice is starting to get a little scratchy now. Um, I did, I was riding with a smoker, unfortunately, and I, I get it. I was a smoker once too. And I didn't want to have to keep pulling over, so I allowed him to smoke in my car. Unfortunately, it's a very small car, so my throat is a little raw. Bear with me. Anyway, um, next little fun fact. I also, not only did I get to see the Appalachians, uh, the St. Lawrence River and the St. John River, um, and, you know, the great big honking aggressive moose and deer signs in Quebec and New Brunswick, I also got to see the Laurentian Mountains. And the video that I sent to my live studio audience was not actually the Appalachians. That was the Laurentian Mountains. My, my bad. The Laurentian Mountains are a mountain range in southern Quebec, Canada, north of the St. Lawrence River and the Ottawa River, rising to a highest point of 1,166 meters at Ma Mount Raoul Blanchard, which is northeast of Quebec City in the Laurentides Wildlife Reserve. They're kind of cool. They're ours. They don't, nobody else has them except for Quebec, as far as I can find out. Um, they're kind of important. They can, they're heavily forested. Like you look at them and they're just, they're, they're green. And every now and again, you'll see like, it'll belch a rock and there'll be like a rock outcropping. Um, they're heavily forested and with its innumerable lakes and swift rivers, supports large-scale lumbering, pulp, and paper milling, and mining operations, hydroelectric installations, and an important tourist industry because you can ski them. So yeah, they're kind of they're kind of a thing. 
Mount Tremblay is in Laurentians, Laurentian Mountains with its many peaks and lakes are a majestic presence to Mount Tremblant. Canada's displaying incredible landscapes. The Laurentian Mountains is home to famous resort destinations such as Tremblant Ski Resort, known for its indisputable charm, picturesque landscape, and five-star skiing. I'm not a big enough skier to want to shell out the coin that it would take to go stay there. Sorry. Interesting fun fact about the Laurentian Mountains. The Laurentian Mountains are the oldest mountains in Canada. So when I saw them, when I was looking at them, when I took video of them, I was looking at the oldest mountains in Canada. And they consist of pre-Cambrian rock over 540 million years old, making its soft peaks among the oldest in the world. So those are some pretty old mountains which that's kind of an interesting little fun fact for you there and we are done with the fun facts yes I know I did fun facts first usually I do Florida man Friday first and then we cleanse the palate after that with some wholesome fun facts unfortunately or fortunately, it all depends on how you look at it. I went backwards this time because it's been a very long two days that I have spent in the car staring at trees and tractor trailers and highways. Oh, right. I was going to tell you how I got my invisibility powers. So we're driving back and we see this tractor trailer and it's got about 3, 6, 9, 10, 11, 12, 15, I can't remember how many, huge barrels on it and yes we did have a final destination moment but you know they weren't logs we did actually go buy an empty logging truck and I'm like oh look that moment's already happened <laughs> it was kind of funny um but we're looking at these barrels and like oh those barrels are really cool I wonder what they're going to do with them I wonder what they're going to put in them now if you're transporting things you you need to have all of the the hazard and safety sticker like tech placards, I think they're called, on them, telling whatever, whoever, what's inside. So the first one we see, or one of the ones we see, there are like five of them, is, you know, it's, I think it was corrosive. Oh, great. Awesome. Corrosive. Okay. So we don't want to be beside this in case it leaks. Um, we don't want to be, if it's leaking, then, you know, those straps are done for. And then there was explosive. Yay. <laughs> Awesome. So we're going to have exploding corrosive crap flying everywhere. Great. Uh, then there was toxic. Well, obviously, if it's corrosive and explosive, pretty sure it's toxic. Then we had skull and crossbones, which indicated it was poisonous. Goes with the corrosive and the explosive and the toxic. Makes sense. But it was the last one that we saw that kind of clinched the deal that made me put the pedal to the metal and get my little car moving as fast as little car possible. I even think I suggested that Brian stick his feet through the floorboards and we will Flintstone it past this truck. And that was the radioactive one. And I mean, it was kind of funny because I don't even think he, he realized that he did it. Um, I know I kind of brought my knees together and went, oh, and he pretty much put like his hands crossed over in his lap to protect the boy parts from the radioactiveness that could be emanating from these plastic 
plastic barrels. And they were on their sides. They weren't like standing upright. They were lying on their sides. Plastic. Plastic lids with corrosive, explosive, toxic, poisonous, and radioactive inside barrels. Awesome. Um, And then we saw going back to our feral bush chickens. We're driving along. And we're in this open stretch where there's nothing but fields and it's rather boring and dull looking. And we're seeing these white things flying by. And there's a strange looking truck transport up ahead. What are those white things? What is that white crap in the air? And I know it's not cold enough to be snow and they're way too big to be snow. They kind of look like slips of plastic. So I'm looking at this transport and I'm thinking maybe it's hauling shredded paper. And Brian, like, oh, it could be shredded plastic. It could be from a recycling plant. Okay, so these like these white wispy things are flying everywhere all over the highway. And I mean, like they're landing on people's windshields and they're like putting their wipers on to get rid of them. Um, it looked like it was snowing white bits. So we get up beside the um, tractor trailer and we realize that the sides have holes. They're not very big holes, but they're big enough holes. And we're looking in these holes and we suddenly realize that the white thing pressed against the side of the thing, the pretty much half bald white thing, along with numerous other partially balding white things, are chickens. Those are feathers that are flying all down the highway because <laughs> the chickens have pushed themselves up against the side of the transport truck. So their feathers are sticking out and the wind is pulling them off and throwing them down the highway. <laughs> I just looked at Brian. I'm like, okay, so that rules out having chicken for dinner. Um, I can't because I know where this transport truck is going with its load of chickens. Eventually those chickens are going to end up in my freezer. Not today. I'm not eating them today. <laughs> I can't. Not after watching their feathers fly. And I mean, the chickens that were pushed up against the side were pretty much plucked. <laughs> no feathers left on them. It's ridiculous looking. So we get by that. And then I pretty much, I, I saw my life a few times cross before my eyes. And I have decided I am nowhere near done because I need to do a whole lot more interesting things because most of it's kind of boring. Um, it's only gotten interesting in the last little while. So I need to fix that. And there was one instance that we came so close to becoming part of a tractor trailer that I saw my life and Brian's across before my eyes. And I'm pretty sure he saw mine. Um, we certainly did see the uh, bugs on the back of the bumper because we were that close to it. I don't understand how they could not see me. I was right beside him. I could see his side mirror. I know the rule for transport trucks. If you can't see the side mirrors, they can't see you. I could see the side mirror. He could see me. I am a black dot in a sea of green because there's green trees, green grass all around us. There are cars, gray road. I am black. How can you miss me? But he wasn't the only one that missed me. I was cut off by quite a few vehicles. Or the one transport truck just decided, hey, I'm coming over and turned his put, put his turn signal on as he was heading over into me. I was in the spot that he wanted to be in and he didn't care that I was there. So I just kind of tromped on it and off I went. But yeah, um, apparently I got my invisibility powers. I need to learn how to disengage them while driving. 
Uh, going down wasn't bad. I mean, there were a lot of transports, trucks, trailers, but it wasn't bad. There wasn't as much traffic. Today, every idiot and their brother was on the road and none of them knew how to drive. I, I'm pretty sure it was all the hillbilly East Coasters driving around. Quebec is rude. They're very rude. Their drivers are worse than American drivers. No offense. But they are. They're very rude. And they will ride your ass until you either leave them enough room to go around you or get out of their way. They don't care. They don't use turn signals. I'm pretty sure turn signals don't come in French. That's why they don't use them. And they're just, they're rude. So we get into Ontario and we have these two rude drivers. And the one, like, he is so far up my butt, I can see the grays in his beard. Okay, that's how close he was to me. I mean, I know I have a cute little tushy, but get off it. Really, get off my butt. So I move over and he goes flying by me and back over. And the next thing I know, there's this little car behind me right up my butt. What the heck? And the first car that went by me, he uh, he was from Quebec. And I'm like, okay, dude, you're in Ontario now. You need to go. This is my highway. You need to go. You take your little Quebec plate and your little speedy Quebec car and go back to your province. Go. I know that's very rude and very mean, but, you know, driving like a dork. I could say something a lot harsher. You know, I'll know I mean something a lot harsher. I just don't say that on my show. But just replace the O with an I and the R with a C. He wasn't a dork. <laughs> told you it's been a long day okay um I, i've been having like verbal dyslexia for two days i was having it last night and anthony was teasing me because he's like oh this is great you're an author you say <laughs> you can't even english yeah i know um but yeah so th and then the next thing i know there's another little car behind me and he's from quebec too and i pull over because i mean he's so far up my butt i can see the rust on his hood like dude back off okay Back off. You've got one of them sloped hoods, okay? You get much closer, you're going to be under my car. So both of them, gone. Like, where's the police when you need them? Really? Where are they? I had one driving beside me for the longest time, and I'm I'm like, okay, what do I do? I'm trapped. I got the OPP right beside me. I'm trapped, and I can't go any faster. It's He was like my pace car. I was doing 110. I was afraid to slow down because, you know, it would look suspicious. Because then he could pull me over and say, well, you acknowledged you were speeding. You slowed down. I couldn't speed up because then I would be speeding. Like, dude, you got to go. You're making me nervous. You you got to go. Just go. You are in an OPP. You are in a police car. You can drive a whole lot faster than 112 kilometers an hour. Go. Eventually he did. And he was gone like a shot. Phew, gone. No lights. Nothing. Just off he went. Jerk. Okay. So we are going to move into entertaining portion oh, the the redneck entertaining portion of my podcast called florida man friday but we're not going to do florida man today we are going to go see what florida woman has been up to so florida woman was jailed for calling 911 because her boyfriend wasn't being nice to her just gonna throw that out there <laughs> well um okay so, Florida woman drunkenly bites man's fishing line and swims away with lure, police say. I, 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 I don't. <laughs> a worm can be as tasty as a taquito if you have the right attitude. <laughs> that's, that's what it says. Uh, Florida woman drops pant. Uh, okay. Florida woman drops 
pants, licks man, and dances naked in Waffle House parking lot. First of all, I don't know why you're surprised it's the Waffle House. I mean, come on, the Waffle House. Yeah. She was simply performing the mating ritual of her people, you know? Florida woman has been accused of taking methamphetamine and driving a motorized shopping cart through a Walmart while drinking wine and eating sushi and cinnamon rolls. There's a combination for you. Yeah. Honestly, it kind of sounds like a good time. <laughs> sushi or cinnamon rolls? Oh, together. Yeah, together would be kind of gross. Sorry, I'm talking to a live studio audience. One of these days, you know what? I'm going to bring him on the show for Florida Man Friday. He says no, but I totally stole it from his show. So yeah, he's going to be on the show for Florida Man Friday. Florida woman blames cocaine in purse on windy day. I don't know anything about any cocaine, Kanisha Posey told police. According to the report, it's a windy day. It must have flown through the window and into my purse. Don't argue with Florida woman about science. One time she watched a documentary about how Twinkies were made. Florida woman attacks brother with chicken nuggets. Um... Yeah, chicken nuggets. She went after her brother. Did he fight back with his mouth open? Hum, hum, hum. You know, <laughs> like playing the grape game. Ah, hit me. <laughs> Try and catch. <laughs> you, you got your mouth open. Really, it could be a snack. So, you know. So, Florida woman arrested after twerking on car. Okay, she should just be arrested for twerking, period. A woman in Gainesville, Florida, was arrested after a noise complaint was filed against her for twerking on her car. Yeah. Florida woman shoots husband. Oh, I am so sorry. But you know what? Touch my fan or anything that's keeping me cool during a hot flash. And, you know, I could kind of see where this would be justified. Florida woman shoots husband in testicle after he tries to take her air conditioner. Just saying. <laughs> Florida woman accused of shooting her husband in the testicles is back in jail after failing to show up in court. Probably couldn't bring her air conditioner with her. Police say Kimberly Dunn, 35, lost her cool <laughs> when her husband and his brother came to her Lake City home last year to pick up an air conditioner. Oh, so I, apparently they weren't living together, I guess. Florida woman arrested for leaving Easter eggs with... Oh, I, we've, done, ew, we've done this one before. For leaving Easter eggs with food toilet paper, and porn in mailboxes. Florida man must be proud of that Florida woman. I think that's it for Florida women. I think we have reached the end of what is on this page. Come on, Florida woman, do your part. Charity, thy name is Florida woman. Let's go. So how are we sitting at? Uh, you know what? We're sitting at an hour 16. I think I, it's a decent job. I need to get out of this chair before the lower half of my body forgets that it is a functioning piece of body. It has today a few times decided, I don't think I want to work anymore. And I really don't want to stand up in the bottom half of my body go, nope. <laughs> that would hurt. Um, be interesting for next week's podcast, but you know, it'll hurt. So I'm going to end it here. Y'all know where to find me. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, now that Facebook and Instagram are back up and running. <laughs> did you panic a little bit? I know I did. And I'm not even a millennial. I'm pretty sure that my daughter's head exploded and my son and daughter-in-law's faces caved in. I don't under, they, they, they couldn't function, but that's all right. I did have my moments of, of non-functionability. I was not pleased. I realized that I really do hate email. It's not fast enough for me. 
but uh, I managed to survive it for the most part. Um, there was only one person that I had to talk to through email. Everybody else lives in my country, and I could just text them, so it was fine that way. Uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting. So I'd like to hear your theories on why you think uh, Facebook crashed and why Instagram crashed because there's some interesting theories going around. There was that whole whistleblower the day before talking about the Civil Integrity Committee and how Facebook kind of just did away with it. And then the very next day. Now, um, I this new theory that I heard today, I didn't actually put that two and two together. I, when it went down, I thought, oh, insider job, it, getting you back for, for doing this and, and, you know, proving a point. Now, the, the theory that I heard today was, yes, it was an insider job to get rid of evidence, which kind of makes sense. So I'm, I'm not throwing out any theories of my own out there, just what I've heard, what I've thought, you know, kind of what it looked like. I'm interested in hearing your theories on the Facetagram crash of 2021. <laughs> because um, I did a little research and Facebook owns its own server. The DNS server for Facebook is in the Facebook building. The only people that have access to this server are Facebook employees. Now, you're asking, why do I care about this? Because when they went searching for Facebook to find out what happened, the DNS was gone from the internet, just gone. Like it never existed. And anybody who knows anything knows that once something's out there on the internet, it's never really gone. It never disappears. It stays there forever. Trust me, I know I have things out there that I don't want out there. They stay there forever. So to have the directional information to tell your browser where to go just gone, no trace of it, is a little suspicious. Just a little. Somebody yanked that off the internet. Somebody who knew what they were doing yanked that off the internet. It doesn't just crash and disappear. That's not how that works. So I'm interested in hearing your theories. So shoot me an email, shoot me a message on Facebook, whatever, and let's discuss this. You know, let's let's have a little conspiracy corner. Anyway, so let me know what you think. And I will talk to you all next week. I think next week I'm going to start talking about some of the favorite seasonal movies that I like to watch. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to start watching my favorite seasonal movies. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to start with Practical Magic or Hocus Pocus yet, but um, I am enjoying the new series called Midnight Mass. It's written by Stephen King. And yes, there are cats. There's lots of cats. There's a whole beach of dead cats. I'm pretty sure when he wrote that scene, he giggled his fool little face off because he has a phobia of cats. Oh, that's something else too. So Maine is like 20 minutes from where Crystal lives. Y'all know who lives in Maine, right? Every Stephen King story pretty much is set in Maine. I want to go to Maine just for that very reason. I, yeah, you know, I want to take my Stephen King books and I want to go here. Bucket list. Let's go. So, okay, I'm seriously, I'm out of here this time. I promise. 
My live studio audience is laughing at me. Um, but yeah, I need to go. So, all right, I see. See, I can't even talk anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just going to say goodbye. I'll talk to you guys all next week. Have a good week and see ya. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry